Welcome to the Money Better Podcast, brought to you by Union Bank and Trust in Lincoln, Nebraska. Get ready for an authentic conversation about how to do money better by making financial decisions that are right for you. Money doesn't have to be a scary topic anymore. Instead, let's get real about the lessons others have learned, then find ways to use those experiences to get it right. I'm your host, Caitlin Moore. Let's chat. Hi, everyone. I am here with Jason McCown. He is the Vice President and Business Solutions Manager for the Retail Division at UBT. He's been with our bank for 25 years. Jason and his partner, Dave, keep their finances separate. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, In previous relationships, they have had combined finances and now they are doing it separately. And we're going to talk about the reasons behind that and how they make it work. So welcome, Jason. Thanks for being on Money Better today. Caitlin, thanks for asking me to participate. Excited. Yeah. So let's talk about your separate finances. We've been talking with various guests about whether they combine their finances or keep them separate with their partners. There's no right or wrong way. We're just interested in how you make that work and even why you do it this way. So can you tell me a little bit about why you and Dave decided to have separate finances? As you had mentioned in the introduction, we both had previous relationships where we had joint accounts. So when we met and decided to um, kind of merge finances, if you will, Mm -hmm. it was easier for us since we had individual checking accounts just to keep those. Um, Now we have added each other as signers onto our accounts so that we can at least, as we use UBT Go, we can see what each other has in our checking accounts. We also at one point had a joint savings account, kind of that opportunity to put money aside. Mm -hmm. We realized in our savings that we um, were doing multiple withdrawals, more than we were allowed (laughs) in our savings. So we decided to open up a different checking account, which I am just the signer and owner on. We just felt it was best for me and our relationship just to manage that account. And then we use that to fund actually both of our checking accounts if need be. Um, We also have a side business. So we have a small business Mm -hmm. checking account. So when you look at our kind of portfolio on UBT Go, there's usually four or five different accounts that we've Mm -hmm we've got. So I can see all of them. Dave can see both of the checking accounts and then the small business account. And like I said, I've got my other small. So the reason to answer your question, Mm -hmm. we just thought it would be easier than trying to merge or cancel one of our accounts. We had obviously set up some um, payments coming out of those, Mm -hmm. all of your apps that are pointed to Mm -hmm. your debit card. We just decided let's just keep um, our separate accounts And having gone through that process of undoing that through our previous relationships of the undoing of assets that's required, we just felt that it was best to leave our checking accounts as is. Okay. So really it was logistic reasons that you chose to keep them separate. It really was logistically easier just to keep them separate. Okay. How do you make separate finances work? So you've got bills and you have separate accounts. How do you make this work? Great question. And communication is key. Communication Mm -hmm. between the two of us is absolutely key. The house payment comes out of actually that one account I 
shared with you that I'm just on. So okay. the house account comes out of that. Dave pays all of our bills for the house out of his checking account. So every month those comes, those come like due. utilities, utilities, electric bill, mm-hmm. aloe, gas, uh, water all comes out of Dave's. Actually, okay. I pay those every month, but I debit them out of Dave's account. So that's the beauty of being a signer on the other person's account. Do you both have like debit cards for each other's checking accounts? No, we each have our debit card for our primary account. <clears throat> Actually, we just went on a trip and I realized I had left my wallet in the car after I had gone through TSA and was boarding the plane. Mm-hmm. So luckily, Dave had his debit card in through UBT Go and Google Pay. Um we, we were able to manage. And again, I was able to transfer money from my account into Dave's mm. checking so that when we needed to use a debit card, and since I didn't have mine, he could at least help pay for, you know, expenditures as we yeah. were on our trip and not having to really be worried about having a physical debit card. So it's an amazing how technology has made it. So leaving your wallet in the car isn't a valid excuse anymore. <laughs> yes. You know, I had um, my ID in the back of my phone in a little pocket. So mm-hmm. I was able to at least get checked in and everything. That's so good. yeah, I said the same thing. It was kind of amazing, but again, that was the benefit of me being able to transfer money into Dave's checking account and not have to mm-hmm. worry about having to have a debit card. That's amazing. So no more excuses, anybody. You can't can't no just leave your wallet at home. Than, right. Oh, whoops. I don't have my wallet oh, with me. Can you pay please? Although yes. it would have been a really great excuse. So, so especially on vacation. Um, and then groceries. Um, so we have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave pays most of the groceries. We have his kids um, every week. And mm-hmm. so it was one of those that just usually Mia wise and planning for each week. He does most of the groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have my kids in which we typically go out to eat. Mm-hmm when I have my daughter. So, um, I will usually pay for dinner. So we usually, anything that comes up, um, just other expenditures out of those reoccurring budget items, we usually will just communicate on who has, who's got what balance and what makes the most sense. So with combined finances, do you ever have heated discussions possibly about how this works, especially because you're working out of two different accounts and you take on different responsibilities. At times, yes. I think we are presented when we aren't communicating about what's coming out of Mm -hmm. each other's accounts. And we find if we need to be more diligent with our choices leading up to payday. AKA Um, you're going to Starbucks too much. Knock it off the Starbucks or you've been in like the iTunes store, like what's coming out Mm -hmm. of Apple pay or (laughs) what did you have to buy it? Like at home or why have we gone to super saver or high V every day? Like when planning has been poor and we've got Mm -hmm. to just do this reevaluation. That's usually when it gets a little bit heated and it's kind of that retro look of what have we done? If we would have just been communicating like, hey, here's here's where we're at. As we're learning, even in a combined finance situation, you're still going to have those because usually there's a dominant bill payer or runner of the account. Right. <laughs> and it, what does that look like for you? Because you do have split bills. You're, you're taking on different responsibilities. Is Do you both pay them or are you both logging on to pay your bills or is it one person that's kind of managing the overall accounts? You know, we've got bills that we've got jointly together. And then we've got bills that we brought into the relationship that we're certainly responsible for. So it's kind of a joint. Um, I would say we both log in probably at least daily Mm -hmm. um, into UBTGO just to see where is our balance. There will be times that, you know, I will be logged in and I'll share with Dave to be like, hey, 
you need to transfer some money into your checking account. You've had a withdrawal come in that maybe you weren't planning for. So it's, it, it is, it's a combination of both of bills and expenses that we have now together. And mm-hmm. then those bills and expenses that we have from, you know, our previous obligations that we, we take sure. care of. So, and you know, when we're really diligent and on top of our game, we'll be proactive and be like, okay, these funds are coming. Let's sit down and talk about how are we going to allocate these dollars? How much is Mm-hmm. spend for you how much is hey we need to pay this bill how much is we want to put this away for a future mm-hmm. event a future trip i would like to say that happens more often than not but it mm-hmm. just depends on what life is what part of life is happening at the moment so so do you both enjoy <clears throat> talking about money and talking about your budget as much as you do dave does not okay <laughs> Um, it is not a topic he loves to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually one that maybe talks about it too often. Okay. I'm sort of the planner. I'm definitely the type A. So I I like to to plan and maybe Mm -hmm. talk about it to the nth degree. So again, it's all about balance. If if I approach him proactively and to say, hey, we're going to sit down and talk about this. It's much easier and better for the relationship if I just spring it on him. And, you know, we're both working from home. So mm-hmm. it's much better than me walking downstairs to talk finances and catch him out of left field. That's usually not a great approach. Isn't that funny? We all work for a bank and yet talking about finances is not always our favorite. <laughs> it is not our favorite. I mean, it's fine when we've got excess, right? But when it's coming yes. down to being diligent and holding to a budget, no one yeah, that's not mm-hmm. always a fun topic. So you keep your finances separate. You have done it um, in previous relationships together. If you got to start all over with Dave, would you keep it separate or would you just do the combined? It's a good question. I think it, it works well. I've talked about this topic with a few others and they, they think that it, maybe it's more complicated. Um, it allows us to have some flexibility with our own income by separate accounts, but it's, it's not one of those that I have a secret account that he doesn't know about that I've got money stashed somewhere. So we, we can see, we, we visually can see what the other person has. We can visually see where funds are going, but it allows us that flexibility to like, okay, my, my, my paycheck's coming into my account. Dave's is going into his, Mm -hmm. we have, we can do what we want, but we know the other person can, if at times hold us accountable Mm-hmm. or our spending and know that we've got bills coming up. So yeah, I don't know if I would do it differently. I think when you're young and you're starting out and you don't have a whole lot, it's this mentality of let's just throw it into mm-hmm. one pot so that we can really see what we have. I think with UBT Go and the way we have it now, having separate accounts like 25 years ago, we couldn't have seen what maybe was in each other's accounts. So I think right. it just makes sense that even having multiple accounts may seem logistically more of a nightmare. It's being able to transfer back and forth, set up mm-hmm. recurring bills, pay, pay vendors, pay utilities. It, it works for us. So I don't know if I would do it any different. You keep mentioning UBT Go. Can you just explain real quick what that is? Yes. UBT Go is our online, both desktop and mobile um, experience, if you will. It's our application (laughs) to um, pay bills. Uh, We now have, it's super easy to pay people through Zelle. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's our online application through both mobile and desktop that I am in at least daily to see what things are coming. 
coming and going into my account. And, and when you're on vacation and you forget your wallet, it seems like that vac- came in handy. <laughs> multiple times I was in UBTGO on my phone, transferring funds back and forth between accounts to make sure that we could pay for our, you know, fun adventures while we were, while we were gone. Mm-hmm. So Thank you so much for just explaining how you do finances with Dave. Uh, There's no wrong or right way to do finances. And we just want to highlight how to make it work. And it does sound like communication is really the key aspect of both sides of the story because you have, you have done it both ways, but communication is very key in making it work. um, Especially when maybe one of the, the partners is not that interested, (laughs) but they still have to be involved. And so communication is definitely key. So thank you so much, Jason, for being with us today on money better and um, just sharing your story. Yeah. Caitlin, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation. This is the trip we're taking. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Jill Milner. She is the community outreach officer here at UBT, and she's been with the bank for 16 years. And she and her husband, Danny, keep their finances separate. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Jill, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about keeping your finances separate. How did you both come to that agreement? Well, uh, Danny and I got married a little bit later in life. We were both in our 30s, me a little further along in my 30s. And um, I brought a daughter into the equation as well. And when we first got engaged, we did the traditional thing. We went to the bank right away and merged everything together. And we tried that for a while and um, just realized that some conversations that we're having around finances were getting kind of stressful. And so Mm -hmm. after a while... um, I suggested that maybe we split the finances and see how that works. And if that would, would help alleviate some of that tension and that stress that we're having in the household. So, you know, talked through it a lot. We decided to divide up the finances, kind of going back to square one, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And we looked at what we both had in savings coming into the engagement. We put that back in our own savings accounts and then looked at what we had saved in the meantime and split that evenly between us. And, um, been it's been pretty great actually we went from having you know several kind of tense conversations Mm -hmm. a month to now we can go a span of several months without having to have any any conversations around finances so it works well for you to keep them separate yes for us it works well good can you tell us a little bit about your process and keeping it separate what does that look like for bank accounts and bills Yeah, um, we still do have a joint checking account uh, that we run all of our bills through and any of our like normal month to month finances. Uh, We both work at the bank and we get paid every other week, which Mm -hmm. is pretty much twice, twice a month. So Mm -hmm. we have it figured out or set up to where one paycheck a month, we'll put everything that we need to for the bills in and then the next paycheck that month, we'll put our half of the mortgage into that account. Um, We pretty much, we do filter everything through that account. We have auto payments set up on most Mm -hmm. of our bills. So they just automatically pull from there. Mm -hmm. And we figured out what works with us as far as who contributes what towards each bill. Um, There are some bills that we split 50-50. And then some bills I pay two thirds of the portion because of Kaya and I using two thirds of the resource, like something like water or electricity. I pay a little bit more because the two of us do use more of that. Sure. Okay. So 
coming to this decision because you did have combined finances, how did you make this happen? Like what did communication look like for you both in the beginning stages? Um, and to be, I would love to say that it was all just really great, but you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, it was a little rocky. Okay. You know, was it just kind of rocky because you're just trying to figure out traditionally know. people, or at least in my opinion, it seems like traditionally you're supposed to join your, your finances when you get married and, um, and that's just what you do. And so I think it was, it took, it took some conversations and negotiation to get us to a good place where we felt okay with it. And there's almost this like peer pressure from outside of what will people think if, mm-hmm. you know, if we have separate finances, um, we didn't have a lot of examples. We do have some friends that are like that. And actually my mom and my stepdad split their finances. Mm-hmm. So I had a good example of it um, growing up. So I think I was more okay with it or more familiar with it. And then as we made the, the transition and we stopped having that tension, mm-hmm. then Danny started to see, okay, like this can be a good thing and splitting finances, yeah. you know, it, it, it is okay. And even if tradition says otherwise, like we, we can do what makes sense for us and what works best for us. Now that you're several years into this, what does your communication around your finances look like? The only time that we really have discussions are when something unexpected comes up um, okay. or something out of the norm. But as far as the month to month bills and, and things that we take care mm-hmm. of that work. It's autopilot. Kind of yeah, it's on autopilot at this point. Sure. Um, the only things that we discuss now are like our garage door broke about a month ago. So that was an unexpected okay. expense. So talked about that. Danny went out and got it fixed and I gave them half of the money for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, the day-to-day life is, is worked out and there's not a lot of discussion that needs to happen. Anymore. Well, what about things that aren't like consistent bills, like groceries? We talked about that in the beginning when we split things. Um, we we kind of wrote down everything that is in our budget, everything mm-hmm. that we take care of. And we talked about each one, like who's going to, who's going to pay for what um, I do all the grocery shopping and cooking. So I right away just said that I would pay for the groceries because mm. I didn't want to feel weird at the grocery store with, you know, this is something only I eat. Mm-hmm. Should he have to pay for part of it or, you know, I see. Like, yeah. You know, I didn't want that. So I just said that I would pay for groceries from the get go, but he takes care of like um, stuff for the dogs and, Mm. you know, like their food, their medication, things like that. Or, you know, he does all the yard work. So if we need a new hose or something, he just goes and and buys that. And Mm -hmm. we don't look at every single thing that one of us purchases and, Mm -hmm. and talk about who, who pays for what we just figure a lot of things kind of end up being an even wash or close Mm -hmm. to it. That's interesting because some people want to get down to like the dollar of you owe me this or I owe you this. So it's, it's nice to see that the compromise is just take care of your own stuff and we're good to go. Yeah. And there was things like last summer, we decided to purchase a pool. So Mm -hmm. we talked about that ahead of time and Hey, do you want to go 50, 50 on it? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what do you want to do? So if if big things come up, like you said, it just takes communication. Yeah. Talk about it and see what each person is thinking. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we are thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Sometimes we still have different thoughts. But But communication is key, even when you have different thoughts, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
to talk about it and, and know that there's different thoughts than when it's time to pay for something. Yes, exactly. Well, one final question for you. You've done it both ways. You've combined and you've had it separated with Danny. Would you do it the same way if you had to do it again? Um, if I had to do it again, I would not have joined our finances because okay. I think that that did cause tension and stress that mm. was absolutely not needed. Yeah, I think if we just from the beginning could have kept them separate. Mm-hmm. And I, I should say like we were both big savers and we both mm-hmm. believe in minimal debt. So that wasn't the issue. It, it was just, you know, what do you do with the extra and how do you manage the month to month, you know, process of it? And so it just, it works better for us mm-hmm. since we both had a system coming into the marriage. To yeah. Just, we would have just stuck with our own system. We could have saved ourselves a lot of heartache yeah. along the way. Just to wrap up, you both have your own checking accounts and savings accounts. You have a joint account that you funnel bill money into, and that's where everything is taken out of. But as far as like savings goes, you, you all are just on your own. Just whatever you want to save for, you do it yourself. And so there's no joint savings. Yeah, our savings accounts are separate. And so... Yeah. And we both have different priorities when it comes to savings. So yeah. he saves for the things he wants and I save for what's important mm. to me. And it's just worked out so much. Yeah. It sounds like us. it, <laughs> especially if you <laughs> do it again yeah. this way. Cause that's not, that's always a mixed review of whether you do it again. Well, that's thank you Jill for your time and doing this for money better. Um, I do appreciate it, especially you bringing just a different, a different idea to the table of doing money separately. Like you said, it's just so traditional to combine finances, uh, but you got to do what works for you. And you both had a system before. And so let's just keep that going. So sounds pretty great. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. We are here with Kate Staus. She is the assistant vice president in the marketing department here at UBT, and she's been with the bank for almost seven years. She and her husband, Dan, have been married for almost eight years, and they have always combined their finances. And that is what we're going to talk about today. So thank you, Kate, for being with us and sharing your story. My pleasure. I'm excited. Let's talk about your combining the finances. So you've always done it. So tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about how you you both came to that conclusion. Yeah. So probably the most formative thing for me is um, before we got married, um, one, a couple of my siblings were married and one in particular, his spouse confided in me that, um, you know, my sibling made a lot more money than his spouse did. And they always just both contributed to kind of their joint bills. Mm-hmm. And then they spent like their variable spending came out of their own checking accounts. So and they kept so, it separate, but they yeah, it was very separate. They just pooled. Yeah. For monthly bills. expenses. Okay. And so their variable spending was all done on their own out of their own checking accounts. And, um, the spouse was like, you know, I feel like I live a completely different standard mm. of living because I just have less ex- expendable income. And so, sure. um, that ex- just, being a witness to that experience, like, mm-hmm. I was like, that kind of stinks. Like, and especially I think as a woman where there, there's still a lot of research around, like the, we're behind, not because of our skills, but mm-hmm. just because like, we just get paid less than men. It's like, I don't want to feel like I'm always living a lesser quality of life than my husband, just because I make less. I mean, sure. we're one family, we're one team. And so, um, kind of to take that further, like our values are, 
are that of like, just because the world says one of us is, you know, worth more because we make more mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we believe that one of us is worth more. So for us, it just made sense that we're going to say like, we're one team, we're going to pool the team's resources together, put it in one account mm-hmm. and then like use it together as a team to build our life. That's a unique perspective than what we've heard today. And I like it. So your, your decision was based off an example that was just kind of hit you in a different way. And then you both have, you and Dan have taken a look at what your values say as a team, as a unit, being Mm -hmm. a married couple. And this is the conclusion that you've come to is that we're going to do this in the same account. Yeah. And I think one other component of that is like, we didn't know early on in our marriage, you know, what it was going to look like if we ever added children to the mix, mm-hmm. would one of us step away from work to, to be at home with them. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, I mean, you have to pool your finances. Yeah, there's no other way. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no other way. And so for us with knowing, not knowing if that would be our journey or not, we just thought like, let's just be set up for that already. And in that case, mm-hmm. especially like you really have to believe that like both people's contributions to the team, to the family are equal and that all of the resources should be shared. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that your spouse or your partner is not out to get you financially, Mm -hmm. that you all, you are on this, the same team, even if you do your, your finances separately. Our our therapist is like, always like, we're on the same team. We're on the Mm -hmm. same team. (laughs) A good reminder. Cause sometimes, especially when it comes to money, you do not feel like you're on the same team. Are you and your husband spender savers? Do, do each of you have a different role? People are shocked. So my husband's a financial planner. Okay. Um, and so the perception is always that like, I'd be the spender and he'd be the saver. Mm-hmm. And like really in practice, he's much more of an emotional spender than okay. I am. I'm, and I'm a lot more of a, a planner and a saver than he hmm. is in practice. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the roles that we play. Yeah. I think as a financial coach myself, you talk about money all day long that you don't want to think about it. When you get home, you just want to go and spend it. (laughs) So yeah, I can understand that. So how do you make this work? Uh, Well, we, we budget, we have to budget and we haven't always done that very well. um, Mm -hmm. Budgeting. Like we, when we first were married, it was a very like reactive approach. The data wasn't very good because you're like, oh, there's pending transactions that aren't showing Mm -hmm. up here. But we found a system that works for us. That's a little bit more proactive and it's an app. It's called YNAB. So we have an app and an online portal and we're both in it multiple times a week, just either adding in our transactions or confirming our transactions um, okay. When we get paid, we're, you know, putting the money into the categories that we want it to go. So the app allows you to categorize your budget. So you're saying mm-hmm. we're going to designate this much to this category and this much, but then when you have a transaction, you go in there and you plug it in. Yeah. And so it's, typically. it's, it's doing the math on how much you have left out of this category mm-hmm. out of your budget and amount. Okay. Yep. So you both are logging in and you're, you're doing the inventory. Is there one of you that pays the bills versus the other? Or do you both kind of do it together? Um, a lot of it's like automatically paid. Yeah. But my, okay. my husband, I mean, if there is most of the time, my husband's the one who will actually go and sit down and pay a bill. What does communication look like? Maybe <laughs> when it started versus oh now? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you keep it afloat? <laughs> there, like when, especially when we started with this newer, this new plan that is working for us, like mm-hmm. there was like a big meeting. We like went out for a breakfast. It was like a 
three and a half hour meeting to like go through like every single thing, like every annual expense, quarterly expense, monthly expense. I love it. Like figure it out. This is what we need. And like, I would say it, I think it takes you like a full year to really like Mm. get a handle on your budget because like, you're always going to forget something. Yeah. I, I tell my clients that I work with, it takes an average person of three months to actually make a functional budget, but you're constantly adding and adjusting, but like, yeah, at least for three months you're failing. And that's when you know that you're doing a good job because then you're remembering <laughs> and you're adding and you're readjusting. Um, it just shows that you're thinking outside of the box a yeah. little bit better. So like that first, the first initial meeting was like three hours. There's tears everything you can imagine oh like <laughs> it's very emotional like money's awesome. emotional like, it is it's it is. like it's your security it feels like your power it and when and you so, earn it it's yours like you work hard to bring this right. to the table totally and yeah. so like and when that I mean I've identified like that there are like moments in our marriage where it's like you feel threatened mm-hmm. by that other person just buying something mm-hmm. and it's like it's they're not trying to threaten you but like you feel threatened or like something that you're hoping Mm -hmm. for is threatened because of your spouse's behavior. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like, like that is the reality of combined finances is that like Mm -hmm. you have to recognize that and deal with it and have conversations about it. And, and like, then let go of the fact of like, they aren't actively trying to threaten my hopes Mm -hmm. and dreams, but like, we need to have a conversation about my hopes and dreams. (laughs) And like, Mm -hmm. I need to make my desires known to my spouse. Yes. To get the, to get my needs met. If I want them to be met. I I love the fact that you're saying it took three hours and, you know, blood, sweat and tears to have this conversation (laughs) because it's emotional, but it is, it's like, these are my values. This is what I want to bring to the table. This is our future. This is how I see it. And it's hard conversation, but unless you would have had it, how would Dan have known? Right. He wouldn't have. So, yeah. And I think like for the first few years, maybe year, like it, there was a lot more like regular meetings to talk about, especially mm-hmm. like when that unexpected stuff would come up. Um, but now, you know, I think we've been doing this for over three years now. It like, it's just like a well-oiled machine. Like we have a good sense of what's coming out and what's coming in. And so we really then mostly have really positive discussions because it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, we had an extra paycheck this month. Like, what do we want to do with that nice. money? Or those are always fun conversations. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's usually a lot more positive of like, we mm. have extra money because we have planned for literally everything and yes. are on track. So we we get to do something fun, which it used to be like when we get bonuses, it'd be like, oh, what past spending right? do we need to catch up on? <laughs> what bill do we have? Like, yes. what, what ill-advised choice did we make that we now have to get caught up on? In your budget, you've budgeted out everything that you're going to spend during the month um, and you both have come to this decision. So how does that, how do you make this work just completely with the decisions that are made regarding the budget? Well, I would say one of the most important components for us that like really took it from not working to working Mm -hmm. was the boundary around fund money. And that like we each get an equal amount of Kate money and Dan money every month. Okay. And the other person has no say over it. They're not allowed to judge your purchases. They're not like, they're not allowed Mm -hmm. to comment on your purchases. It is your fund Mm -hmm. money. You can do with it as you please. And 
um, we didn't have that before. And so like, it was really easy to be like, well, if you want to spend money on Xbox Live, then I could have what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but by creating like that bucket and it's like, I'm just not going to worry about it. I know how yeah. much it is. It's, it's under control. It's limited, but it's wide open. It yes. just creates like freedom for them. And also like, I just don't think about it. Like that's the thing is when you combine your finances, you both have to be at the table talking about it because you're, you both have a credit card or a debit card. You're both spending. And so you both have to be accountable for what you're spending on. Mm-hmm. And you both have, have to be bought into the system that you agreed upon. And mm-hmm. so it, um, if you're both not showing up to the table to have the conversations about like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm hoping for. This is my dream. Like, mm-hmm. I want to work towards this thing. I mean, you can't work towards that together. And the mm-hmm. other person's not going to be able to change their their behavior to help make that happen for you. So it's just mm-hmm. so important that you're both contributing to the conversation around yeah. like, what are we doing with our resources? What are we doing with the team's resources and how do we want to use these towards meeting either our shared dreams or, you know, are there times when we're working towards one of our hopes, desires, or dreams? Mm-hmm. Um, like it can't be a one-sided thing. You've said two things continually that I really want to get to. You've talked about values a lot and then behavior. So let's talk values first and how that influences your budget. Yeah. So one of our key- core values is that we are on one team. Mm. Everyone on the team has the same value. Everyone deserves to have their needs and desires met. Mm. And so I think those are, those are really important values because it's easy to think like when I get a bonus, like I should treat myself. Mm -hmm. And, but that ignores the support that being part of this team provides me. Mm -hmm. And so when I get a bonus, I should treat the team because the team made that happen. Hmm. And, and that's, so that's really foundational to how we look at money and treat money. That's, that's really cool. I really like that. One of the approaches that we've always taken is if, if I get a bonus, I get a little bit of a portion to throw into my fund money. So it's like, I worked hard for the bonus. So it may be 50 bucks. It may be just a small amount, but it's like, let's treat you because you worked really hard, but then the rest of the team gets treated also. And we've, we've always done that both ways, which is nice because you get a little extra, little extra, extra in your fun money. So, but no, I really like that. Like you're, you're not looking at your money as individually earned because the team has helped encourage you to earn that. And so it's the Mm -hmm. team's money not just yours. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's shift over to behavior because behavior. <laughs> this has come up a lot. And it's something that I talk about a lot in my coaching is that typically money is not the issue when there's arguments or disagreements. It's a behavior. There's a behavior involved that is unsettling to another person. You've mentioned behavior a lot. Where do you stand with the behavior perspective when it comes to money? <sighs> Money just like reveals our behaviors. Mm. It, it is just like a, a metric that you can go to. And so like some of the unhealthy behaviors in our life would be like, I'm going to grocery shop at Target and mm-hmm. then I'm just going to throw some things in the right? basket that are for <laughs> me uh-huh. and we'll just categorize that as groceries. groceries. <laughs> that was like a, a deceptive behavior. Mm. I you're, didn't you're feel like my hard like, yeah, like that. <laughs> well because it's like um, I didn't feel like my needs were gonna get met I didn't trust mm-hmm. that my needs or my desires would be met within the current system so I would game the system 
Oh, mm. right. Yes. Of like, it's convicting. It's like, <laughs> like, it's just a shirt. Like, right. did you really think you couldn't ask for the money for a shirt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like, that's a lot of, like, there's a lot of fear of like, if I ask for this, I could get turned down. But then there's also like some of the other behaviors is just like carelessness of like, mm. you know, if you have a really great budget, you have a great budgeting app, but one person isn't referring to it, that feels like, you know, especially if you're the spouse who's doing the work and is referencing the budget to make sure that we can afford the things that we're going out and buying. Like mm-hmm. it feels like that the other person is doesn't care. I think probably the biggest behavior issue is like a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. It's so humbling to come to the table and have that conversation, especially if it's been a long time of this, mm-hmm. of noticing or, or just being in the habit of doing those things like deceiving the grocery budget. <laughs> it's hard to come to the table and go, this is my thought process behind this or to be on the other end and go, I've noticed that you've been doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very humbling experience. And if there's not good communication, it's hard to do that in the first place. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add about sharing finances? It's not for everyone. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in a good place with it now, mm-hmm. but I, I, it can really be difficult. It's, I can totally understand if it doesn't work for some couples, mm-hmm. um, because it takes a lot of work and you have to be willing to open yourself up to all of that other person's stuff. Well, I mean, I think I've heard, you know, at our church, like how you spend your money is a reflection of where your heart is. Mm. And, and, and that's, that is totally true in your relationship. And by sharing your finances, like you have to be completely willing to share everything about yourself because Mm. they're going to see everything about you based on the way you use money Mm -hmm. and treat your money. And so it's, it's just a very vulnerable place, not only like from a financial standpoint, Mm -hmm. but from like a heart standpoint, like Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself out there. They're going to see your weaknesses, your strengths, like the things that matter to you. And so like, you got to be ready for that part of it too. Yeah. Well, Kate, I have thoroughly enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for being on Money Better today. I just love that you brought up the value system behind money and behaviors. I think that that's huge, especially when you do have combined finances. So thank you so very much. You're welcome. These are the words we say. In each Money Better episode, we highlight a community partner that is doing money better. Whether it is a nonprofit, a customer, or an expert in the field, our goal is to learn from their strengths and introduce you to resources that can help you do money better too. Featuring these people and organizations through our podcast is just a small part of UBT's larger mission to elevate the communities we serve. Welcome everyone to our community partner segment. Today we have James Prush. He's a financial coach with the dream to see every American debt-free with a full emergency fund. In his day job, he works for Crew, a a ministry that serves college students in Nebraska and around the world. Part of his role is coaching other staff in personal finances, including monthly newsletter with tips and tools to help people experience financial health. James is married to Carly and they have four beautiful kids and a golden doodle named Mosley. So welcome, James. Thank you for joining us today. 
Yeah. Thanks, Caitlin, for having me. Excited to, to be on the podcast. So as a financial coach myself, um, I want to answer all these questions, but I want to hear it from somebody yep. that's working, you know, out in the community, not just at a yep. bank like I do. Um, so we want to talk really about communication and when folks yep. are figuring out their finances, um, especially in a partnership with one another, whether they choose mm-hmm. to combine their finances or keep them separate, yeah. um, we want to talk communication. So can you tell me a little bit about your coaching experience with with partnerships and kind of the conversation about communication. So important, right? I always tell people that I coach, if you don't talk, this is going to be a whole experience for you, not just the coaching experience, Mm -hmm. but their experience together, uh, whether they're doing their finances together or separate when it comes to budgeting, questions, planning, all that kind of stuff. And so when I coach people, I just encourage them to be honest and to, to lay your expectations out there uh, and mm. to be, you know, to be frank, most of the people I coach put their finances together, but mm. regardless, whatever you're doing, if you're not going to be honest with the person that uh, you're married to, or you live with, or mm. whatever the case, um, you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for, for failure. So just encourage people, just tell the truth and, and get your expectations out there so that the other person knows uh, what you're hoping for, what you're planning for, what your what your dreams are. There we go. And I was really, going to ask you to kind of define what you mean by honesty. Is it like how yeah. you spend your money, or how you want to spend your money, or how you want to save those type yeah, of things? All those things. And I would say especially important for people who do their finances together. If you want to save to buy a house and your spouse doesn't know that, they can't read your mind. They might be happy right. renting. For their whole life, but you have this dream. You're like, I'd love to own my own home. I want to mow my own grass, whatever <laughs> you want to do. Uh, tell them if you want to put more money toward your retirement uh, sooner. Maybe you're like, I want to bump it up to ten percent or fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. We don't have any debt. Well, you need to tell them that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for people who you know don't do their finance t- together, it's going to look differently. But in some ways, you kind of function like accountability partners or cheerleaders Mm -hmm. for each other. And you might say, well, hey, here's what I'm doing this month with my savings. Uh, What are you doing? Like those those kind of Mm -hmm. conversation sessions, those honesty sessions will bring forth all kinds of uh, ideas and, Mm -hmm. and brainstorming for the other person, too. And so, yeah. So, you know, what are the big mountains that are kind of in your way? Uh, and then what are the goals that you have? Uh, it's going to be an encouragement no matter how you're handling the the money part of it. So you're saying that communication is actually very much an encouragement and can be despite if you do your finances separately or together, like really you, yeah. you almost have each other's backs yep. no matter what the, the financial situation is. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you're kind of alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if you live with someone, you might feel alone. Uh, when I coach people who are single, mm-hmm. uh, I tell them you need a friend, uh, like an mm-hmm. honest, objective friend. And so, but if you're married to somebody or you live with somebody and you're, you're doing your finances together or separate, but you don't talk, it's like, well, you might as well just be alone. And who's mm-hmm. going to be there to encourage you? Who's going to be there to actually, to objectively say, I don't know about that decision. Can mm-hmm. we talk about that? Like that might not be the best thing uh, to buy a brand new car right now or to, mm-hmm. to try to put a down payment on a house. I don't think you're ready for that. Like we all need those people because we don't, we just don't see ourselves and our situations as we ought to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think I'm a really self-aware person, but I have a wife who can say, I don't think you're seeing this the right mm-hmm. way. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we can receive that, uh, especially with money, it's going to make the experience so much more beneficial and, and fun and less stressful for, yeah. for everybody. Involved. Kind of piggybacking on this idea too is, do you have any experience or could you share a story or a situation of some, a couple that has come to you, they need coaching because they're in trouble. They're not coming sure. to you from the beginning of, you know, their relationship and communication is really bad. I mean, it's clear it's bad. And that's really what's brought the finances to where they are. How do yeah. you kind of coach someone out of a bad situation to kind of almost start over? Maybe the best example I could give is people who just get married maybe finances has not been a big part of that lovely, lovey dovey engagement process. Mm -hmm. They might've said, well, how much is the wedding going to cost? Or, oh, do you have some debt? Oh yeah, I got some debt. You might think, oh gosh, we we got married and we haven't had any conversation. We've we've been engaged for a year or two years or whatever it is. Well, yeah, you can start fresh and and lay it out there on the table. And so what I do with Mm -hmm. couples is I say, hey, you need to tell each other and me as a coach, what is it that you want? Because I can't, I can't help you. You won't help each sure. other if you don't know what, what each other wants. And so it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to that first question. Mm-hmm. You need to assume the best about each other, especially mm-hmm. in a relationship, uh, like a romantic relationship. Most of the time, the other person is not out to get you. And mm-hmm. so assume the best about each other. Uh, and I, I use this phrase mm-hmm. all the time, not just with finances, but be a cheerleader. I want to be a cheerleader for you as a coach. Uh, you need to be cheerleaders for each other. And that's really like, if I had to put it in a nutshell, that's what communication is all about. You are mm-hmm. cheerleading each other on uh, mm-hmm. so that you make those wise decisions and that you uh, you handle your money in a way that your money is going to work for you rather than it come back to, to bite you. So, yeah, I really like that. I think our human nature is to say the person I'm closest to in my relationship, you know, money is such a point of contention in so many relationships and you do feel like they're out to get you. Maybe they're the spender, you're the saver. And it's like, why are you doing this? I'm trying, I have a purpose here and that's to save and you're not. And I haven't looked at it that way of just saying that person is likely not out to get you, Yep. but instead maybe they just have some really bad habits, <laughs> totally <laughs> negative, yes. habits. just, or not even ha- they're not even bad. It's just the way that they've lived their life. Especially when you have like a new married couple, they've been sure. doing their thing for a long time by themselves. And I think most of us, we have these financial patterns that were caught, not, not taught. So caught with a C they were caught mm-hmm. as kids. We don't always realize those. And so you know, a part of financial coaching and even a part of just handling your money Mm -hmm. is kind of playing psychologist with yourself and Mm -hmm. and with people and playing counselor to think, oh, well, when there was stress in the house, even though my dad said and taught me how to budget, did he go out and buy something? Mm -hmm. Or did my parents, did they use money to make us happy when things weren't going well? Oh, well, we'll buy you a milkshake. Well, those kinds of things are reinforced into us. And so we just think, well, I can use money to make people happy, or I can use money to make myself happy when things are bad, or Mm -hmm. I can never spend anything because if I have anything nice, that means that I'm not being generous and I'm not Mm -hmm. being uh, a good steward because I'm not saving all my money. Mm -hmm. So we, we have all of these things that we, uh, that we learn Mm -hmm. uh, unknowingly from our childhood. Right. And we bring those into relationships. We bring those into friendships uh, and we barely know them. And so that's why when you want to save for the house and the other person wants to go buy a milkshake, you're like, wait a minute, do you want to buy this house or do you mm-hmm. want that milkshake? Mm-hmm. And you're like, 
wait, where's that coming from? Like, mm-hmm. is a $3.50 milkshake going to ruin? So there's all kinds of stuff that yeah. people have to address and have to talk about. That is so critical, uh, especially for people who are newlyweds or, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe just haven't talked about their family history uh, with, their, yes. with their significant other. But to sum up what you're saying, we're all bringing stuff to the table and oh, yeah. we most of the time we don't know what that is. We just do it because we've learned it. And so figuring that out is kind of the journey that we're bringing to the table. But I, I feel like with the communication piece and to tie that in, there has to be some sort of like humility that goes into that to say, that's that communication with your, your partner, your spouse to say, this is something I've learned. And I don't, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but this is just a habit. This is something that was instilled in me as a spending habit from the other angle to be able to approach someone and say, Hey, I noticed this behavior, you know, is that milkshake really necessary or is it not? Where does this come from? There's a statistic out there that says 72% of Americans would say that money is their number one stressor. And I don't doubt it. And a lot of times it's, they don't even realize that it's their stressor. It just is. How would you approach a couple that come in, they are just overwhelmed with stress because of money and, and they're not communicating. What, what's really the first step? Yeah. Great question. As a financial coach, you probably know this, Caitlin, like what you recognize again in that moment is money's probably not really the problem here. It could be a process problem. They don't understand the Mm. process of budgeting. And, and, but to be honest, what I've seen is that's a really low number of people. Usually people Mm. struggle with the other person across the table because of the things I mentioned with history and all that extra baggage that we Mm. bring to relationships, or maybe their perspective is just a a bit off and Mm. they don't, they don't see the, the need. And the other person's like, oh my gosh, we're $200,000 in debt and you don't have any sense of urgency. What I've found most of the time is if you got say a couple who's just, they're, they're in so much debt, they're stressed out and they're worried about paying their mortgage. If you have people who are working hard and they're working toward the same goal, even if they're in a ton of debt, they're probably not very stressed because their, their mission is the same and they're making mm-hmm. progress together. But if the communication's not there and the expectations are not clear and the goals are different, then that's when you're going to have a lot of stress. And Mm -hmm. so again, it just goes back to, if you didn't have the communication as a base, as a foundation, well, it's okay. I do this with my kids all the time. My wife and I do this. When we mess up, we say, Hey, can we have a do-over? We Mm. need a do-over. You can just stop and say, this is a moment of total vulnerability. I'm going to humble myself and say, (laughs) can I have a do-over? We didn't get off on the right foot we have a ton of debt. I feel stressed. And so what am I doing? I'm just giving you a template for how to communicate Mm -hmm. when you don't know what else to say. Um, Mm -hmm. It's okay to just say, I need to do over and we need to start over. And so you need to have that flexibility and ability to just say, I don't want this to continue. I want it to get better. Mm -hmm. And usually at that point, people are like, okay, I need to start talking. When I want it to get better, I will start communicating and I'll start listening. Yeah. Man, that just sounds like a very humbling conversation to oh have. My gosh. But as a recipient of, of that, if I were to hear yep. my spouse say that to me, I would probably be more willing to work with him if he oh. said, I, we just need to do over. We just, sorry. Totally. 
Wow. So we've kind of gotten off on the, definitely the psychological <laughs> side of communication and, and money, but I like what you said. And I, I do the same thing in, when I coach is it's not usually money. That's the issue. It's a behavioral issue. Yep. And a lot of times the yep. behavior in a, in a duo is communication where there's yep. a lack of communication. So it all, it all yep. just goes together. So, well, we've talked a lot about the negatives. <laughs> Can you give me any sort yeah. of positive story or like example of just people doing it well, they're communicating well. There was a couple I met with once they reached out to me to say, Hey, you know, we need some help with just kind of organizing our finances. Mm-hmm. And, and the, so the communication is going to come up in a minute here. So they, they're like, Hey, we need some help. Uh, you know, we're uh, combining our finances. This is a situation where they're coming together and, and same bank account and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like looking through their finances. When I coach people, I usually have them, they fill out a huge questionnaire so I can kind of get an idea of where they're at. And in the course of the conversation, the wife mentioned something about an inheritance that she had received. And I'm, this is like 50 minutes into the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, you guys have debt that you want to pay off. So that's great. They're both on the same page. Mm-hmm. They want to pay off that debt at the same pace. But then I said, well, to me as a financial coach, like I didn't know about this until 50 minutes in. And I just kind of made a joke. It's like, when were you going to tell me that, that you have like $125,000 coming to you? And she said, I didn't even think about it. And I was like, have you guys talked about what you're going to do with all this money? And they looked at each other. They're like, no. Nope. And I'm like, you have a, a hundred and some thousand dollars oh that you're going to receive from your, I think it was an aunt who had passed mm-hmm. away. I was like, but you haven't figured out what you're going to do. They said, no. I said, well, why don't you just pay off your measly debt that you have compared to that number? And then you could start saving for a house or retirement or whatever it is they wanted to do. And they kind of looked at each other and they go, well, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Wow. This is just a perfect picture of, they were, they were knocking it out of the park, but there was just this one thing. They had all this money that they didn't even have yet because it hadn't been deposited Mm -hmm. and they were doing so well. I think they felt like, oh, well, we can accomplish what we want to accomplish with our own income and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was so proud of them. And I was like, hey, you should talk about that, that one thing. So it's that not one like one small, that one, that one small thing. And <laughs> yeah. so if you're out there listening and you're like, I don't know if I could do this, it's going to take a little bit. But once you get into the rhythm of talking about it with your partner, wife, husband, significant, whoever it is, mm-hmm. you, it will become second nature. Yeah. And I've seen it with couples and I'm sure you have too. So, well, this is really awesome. I love to hear stories about people just in general, but from another coach's standpoint, yeah. like it's, it's really interesting the way that people deal with money and thank you so That's much awesome. for joining us today. I really yeah. do appreciate it. And good luck with your coaching endeavors, well, especially with young married couples. I feel like that can change the world. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> If you sure. can help the, the young ones in their, totally. their beginning stages, they won't regret it in the end. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Jane. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for doing what you guys do here on the podcast. Union Bank and Trust financial literacy materials, articles, guides, blogs, podcasts, and videos are for informational purposes only and not an advertisement for product or service. The accuracy and completeness is not guaranteed and does not constitute legal or tax advice. Please consult with your own tax, legal, and financial advisors. Member FDIC.